Hi, I'm Debbie Travis. And I'm Tommy Smythe. And this is Trust Me, I'm a Decorator. Hi, everyone. Hello, 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 hello. Uh, this is our first podcast. I think it's the first time that Tommy and I have ever been nervous. Um, but uh, here we are. Hi, Tommy. Here we are. I'm Tommy Smythe, and you're Debbie Travis. And this is Trust Me, I'm a Decorator, the podcast. Trust me, never trust us. Yeah, trust me, I'm a decorator. Don't trust me, I'm a decorator. Exactly. So let's, <laughs> so let's, so let's tell everybody how this came about. So thank you again for following us because um, it's been quite a journey. So during the kind of COVID lockdown, Tommy and I were as bored as everybody else. So we started yes. a live Instagram whenever we were in the world, usually at home, you know, just from home chatting away about nothing. And, and during lockdown, we were at home a lot. But then after lockdown was sort of released and relaxed a little bit, uh, we have still been joining each other on Instagram with our viewing and listening audience post-lockdown in wherever location we were at. Exactly. Tommy could be in Toronto. He could be in New York. He could be in London. I could be in Tuscany, which I am most of the time, or London or in Toronto or in New York or wherever. And it's worked very well. We've gone through a million technical problems at the beginning with Instagram and some very, very funny things have happened. Um, so we're hoping this is a lot more professional <laughs> that between the, us and the, uh, the creative behind this will be a little bit better. But I think Tommy, we should really start because there may be some people who don't know who we are. So we're yes. intending over all these podcasts to have some really amazing guests mm -hmm. and, and also to get you involved because we really love the idea that you're all engaged. But for now, I'm going to say to Tommy, Tommy, who are you? <laughs> well, first and foremost, I am a decorator. Not that you can necessarily always trust everything that I say because I'm a decorator. Um, and I've been doing interior design as a profession uh, for many, many years. But I also had a sort of adjacent career in media. And so for many, many years, I've been on television and radio and in print uh, as a magazine editor and a presenter and a commentator and a guest expert in terms of design and also travel and lifestyle in general. So all the things that relate to living uh, joyful and exciting and interesting creative life have been the things that have been my great joy as a professional to share with a viewing or listening audience around the world. So the shows that I did went out to uh, over 50 countries for nearly 20 years as an on-camera person. And I had incredible collaborations with extraordinary talented people. And so, you know, when you and I endeavored to do this, it actually grew out of a long-term friendship. So uh, I had been a fan of Debbie Travis's for so many years because Debbie is the original lifestyle uh, presenter in media. Debbie started everything with The Painted House. We all joined her on that show as part of our journeys. And one of the great things about being in media for me has been the privilege of being able to, through industry functions, you know, home shows and television appearances and talk show appearances, that I actually have gotten to know my idols. And one of those is Debbie oh. Travis. So Debbie... Who are you? Who am I? God, am I that person? Gosh. Uh, well, you are that person. Uh, well, I'm a Brit who uh, married a Canadian and moved out to Canada when I was 30. And then um, a couple of decades later, moved to Tuscany. 
Um, but in between, I, as you said, I started the first kind of decorating show. And I always kind of say decorating really on the surface is, is not terribly interesting. But when you put people in it, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's if you're just interested in where those pictures are going to hang or the colors of your new cushions, it's great. But but for a television show, it was for me all about the fun of putting together funny people, families, people are funny and they become even funnier when you put them under the stress of of gutting their house. Um, And this became magic for TV. But my first hat was television. So in London, I'd like to say I was a television producer, but I was about as low down as you could get and slept my way to the top. Did I say that out loud? Uh, (laughs) um, But, you know, I was kind of sweeping the floors at the BBC. And then through the success and the explosion of all these shows and my shows, comes things like the books and I did eight decorating books. Then I kind of went more into lifestyle and and, and also because I was successful, I helped other people through yeah. standing on a stage and then books and things like that and newspaper columns and things, which I really, really love, you know, trying to inspire people to find their next chapters, to find out their journey. And you do a wonderful job of that. And And I will say that years and years ago when I watched you on lifestyle television in your original show, The Painted House, I used to think that that it was so magical because you did include people and the people were the story. And then I think sometimes you actually, like, I think you just kind of twisted the knife a couple of times. I remember a particular episode where you were doing the apartment of a couple of girls. I think it was a couple of girls. And, and the only thing they said to you was, I hate black and I don't want anything <laughs> in black. And then you painted their kitchen cupboards black. Of course, of course, of course. <laughs> Which is brilliant, brilliant producing, television producing, because the reaction, of course, was priceless. You know what it is? It's um, when I first started, really The Painted House, the first series, was it was a kind of a how-to show. It was young yes. mums at home, people who didn't have a lot of money. They were me, you know, and I was one yes. step ahead of them because I was practicing in, in my basement kind of thing. And um, when we first started, the, like the very first series, it was, I think most of those shows were kind of burnt because they were so boring. And I had a teleprompter, which is where you see the words, you know, uh, in yes. front of you. And it was like, pick up your brush and stir the paint and then put it on the wall. <laughs> and, you know, when you can see your cameraman dozing off and, <laughs> and people <laughs> saying, is it lunchtime yet? Um, you knew it wasn't exactly exciting stuff. But one day there was a product out and I'm still out. Out, you know, which is called a crackle finish, and you know what that yes. is. And, and and originally, it would before all these shows, it was used to age paintings. If you're doing a forgery, you would put as one does, as one does, you would put this crackle finish on, and basically, it was two coats of varnish. You put one coat on, which was I think water based, and then you let it dry, and then you put an oil base on and tiny little cracks would appear. And then you would rub yeah. those cracks with a, with a cloth and a little bit of burnt umber and it would give it this tobacco effect. So we were doing this on a table. I'd marbleized, made it, painted it to look like white marble. I thought that was great, but you know, the crew were all asleep. And <laughs> for some reason they'd stopped and were changing tapes. And a cameraman said, I don't get it. How does this work? I said, well, honestly, it's like this. It's like a bad marriage. Basically, one person hates the other person and it all cracks and that's the end of the marriage, but the table looks great. And I had a producer from the UK and she looked at me and she said, now, 
throw every piece of paper around, get rid of that teleprompter. This is what this is supposed to be. This is the show. Just chat to us. This is the show. And so it was really became about real people, real lives, and and all the backstories of what was going on. You know, the crew had eaten their Sunday lunch. The children were chained up in the basement because they were too noisy. You know, dad was weeping at the end (laughs) of the garden. Um, This was about real people. And then, of course, that morphed into Facelift, which was a show about surprising people. It was the first show where I was leaping out behind a rubber plant. And and this woman would come home and really did not know. But they always knew something was going on because they could smell the pain. You can smell a renovation. But they very often thought it was their you know, naughty teenage kids had spilt nail varnish or something. So she arrived Mm -hmm. in a filthy mood. And then there'd be a cameraman. Uh, But what we did to get these incredible responses. It wasn't about the room. No, it was about the people. It was about the people because we brought in their granny that they maybe they hadn't, she lived in Paris or something, or their kid was away from university and they were behind the cameras. So of course, yeah. we the viewer thought they were looking at this lovely new sofa and walls, but what they were looking at was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And then we cut out you yeah. know, there's Jilly. <laughs> and and so that, but, that gave that great response. But do you realize that that is the thing and that moment in lifestyle television is the moment that changed lifestyle television yeah. and completely changed the game? Because everything that I have done on television is based on that model. Oh, thank which you. Which is in some way or another, you bring the personal story of a family or an individual or a couple into this, the the television episode so that you can tell their story through design and decor, which is so brilliant because that is what happens in your real life. Yeah. If you're not on television or doing it as a guest on a television show or doing it as a presenter, what you're really trying to do is ask yourself these questions of how do I as an individual family or person or couple want to live in my home? So you nailed it. Yeah, home is an emotion, isn't it? And and like if you if you spent your whole summer decorating your home and painting and put, getting a new sofa and things like that, and then you invite some friends around and your friends say nothing, mm-hmm. You know, it's not that you're showing off, but you're a little bit flat. And in fact, you're wondering. something <laughs> happened to me yesterday. I did five series and then I guess you, people Google you and the stuff out there and things like this. But one thing I don't do uh, is Pinterest. I can't actually work. I think I did it a long time ago and had a password and I can't find it. So I've kind of given up. <laughs> you know what Pinterest is? Of course. Yeah. Yes. I'm not Pinteresting either. Okay. I have a Pinterest account, but I don't really use it. But I think when people are renovating, it's a great tool for looking stuff up or you're putting on a wedding. It's a great tool for getting up. My staff uses it all the time to gather inspiration images for projects for clients to understand. Exactly. Or I guess even if you try to find out what to cook for dinner. So Yesterday, so I live in Tuscany now, in the middle of nowhere, where all these old farms are being converted into homes. And yesterday, Hans and I went for a walk. There's a house I showed you last time you came. Well, it's now nearly finished, but still the chain fences are up to stop people wandering in. And we went for a little nosy. You know how people do when a house comes on the market. There's a word for that. It's called trespassing. (laughs) Trespassing, exactly. Well, we had our faces... It was after hours, so the builders had gone, and we had our faces up against the chain link fence. And suddenly, an Italian couple, nicely dressed, pop up and go, 
can we help you? You know, like there was a pit bull going to come out any minute. We're like, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. We didn't know anybody was there. Let us introduce ourselves. We live around the corner in another converted property. And I put my hand through the, the chain of the fence and shake her hands. And I said, my name's Debbie Travis. And this woman, she was a very beautifully elegant, non-emotional Italian one second before. She had a meltdown. A meltdown in the mud in front of me. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. What's wrong? She said, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Get the keys. Get the keys. She was screaming in, in Italian. So her husband runs and gets the keys. They undo the fence. Come in. Come in. Come in. So she says, oh, I know who you are. Um, I know you live in the area. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Come and see our house. So basically what you're saying is she trusted you because you're a decorator. She trusted me. I was a decorator to come in. But then what she did, she says... Before you see what we've done, because they were nearly finished and their furniture was already in, a bit plastic covered and everything, she says, look at this. So she gets her phone out and she says, you're my Pinterest. I don't know what the right terminology of that is. Oh, my um, God. And every, everything I've done, every photograph I think has been in any book anywhere in the world, I didn't know they could do this, is there. That's amazing. And that was her account. She said, oh, my God. She said, I feel embarrassed because you see that picture? Well, that's my bathroom now. See that picture? I've got the same linens. And, and But it was, you know, so I was completely unaware of this. So anyway, so that's the new era. And the other thing that's lovely is um, when young people, I was in back in Toronto and I saw you a few months ago, and people mm-hmm. come up to you and they're young, you know, they're late teens and I'm sure they do the same with you. And they say, you know, I just want to say thank you because um, I grew up with you after school. That was before I started my homework with my afternoon snack. We watched you on the telly. So, so that's kind of me. I don't think of either of us as being old enough to receive that kind of feedback, but it's funny because (laughs) I've been with Patrick a few times. My partner, Patrick is much younger than I, he's like 18 years younger than I am. And I've been around, you know, places where people have come up to me and said, oh my gosh, you know, I grew up watching you on HGTV and on Bell Media. And I'm thinking to myself, you can't possibly have grown up watching me. You're like an adult person. But, you know, the most wonderful thing I think about having been uh, in the public realm in that way, doing design media, lifestyle media is this automatic connection that you have to strangers. I think people by and large can be very shy about talking to strangers and about meeting new people and about introducing themselves to people they might find interesting. But the great joy of my my adult life has been that people in airports um, feel free to talk to me. And I think that's the greatest compliment is when somebody feels that they know you well enough exactly. to be able to just come up and say hello and thank you for what you've done. Yeah, you know? I think it's also, you're not a, you're not a movie star. So it's not like, no. you're not Jennifer Aniston. No, it doesn't infringe on your privacy. I mean, I, I do think I have Jennifer Aniston's derriere. Oh, but other than that- Nice one. Oh. But, but you know, somebody like that, it's intimidating. You, you know, it's a little bit, they're so huge. And they're also actors. So they're playing a part. We're being ourselves. Right. And because- you're on television all the time. I mean, all our shows, as you say, were all shown around the world. Um, they were at home. They were on maybe five times a day. So you yeah. became part of people's lives, which is, is why it's kind of different. In fact, when I moved to Tuscany, we were still renovating this property and we lived below a tiny little medieval village, which has one shop, which is the little supermarket. I love that little market. 
And, and I noticed whenever I was in the store, um, the little old ladies, you know, all wear black if they because most of them are widowed and they're all like 110. And they were all looking around. And I heard them saying, um, SOS Debbie, facelift it was on air at the time in Italy. One of your shows. Yeah, yeah. But it'd been translated and they had a new title, which is what they do. And I, ah, I didn't know. That they were watching it and they, they were referring to it as its Italian title. Yeah. And that's what they'd called the series, SOS Debbie. And which literally means help. save our souls, which is a lot to ask of decorating. Exactly. And I thought they were <laughs> muttering that because I had this ruin and we were renovating it for mm. five years. And then a couple of kids ran up after me and I was like, oh, no, not here. And then, of course, you can see the show. So you're walking past and you can see it mm. into people's windows and, and I, I had an assistant years ago, a French girl, really amazing from Paris. And she went backpacking in Patagonia. And um, she worked really hard for me. We were always at it, long days, the whole thing. And she took this, I think it was a honeymoon, actually. So she, she's in Patagonia on, the, on the, those salt flats, and they'd run out of water. And they really thought they were going to die. And they were scraping across these ice flats. And they, they see a little hut and a, and a shop. And they go in, and, and there's nobody in the shop, tiny shop. But there's these bead curtains, and through the bead curtains, she could see a family watching television and they're crawling yeah. in, you know, water, water, we need water. And this woman in Spanish calls from behind the, <laughs> behind the curtain and says, uh, you have to wait. I'm watching Debbie Travis, Pinta de something in Spanish. <laughs> and she says, I'm on my honeymoon halfway across the world and you're still stuck in my head, you know, whatever. She can't get away from you. You can't get away. I have a great Italian story about being on television. Years ago, I was doing a live interview um, with my friend Heather Clausen who has a website called Habitually Chic, which is very, very popular fashion and lifestyle and decor website uh, and travel. And she'd written a book. And so I was doing this thing at Indigo Books in Toronto. And at the end, we had a little gathering where we met and, and talked to some people. And most of them were there to see Heather. But one very, very handsome young man came walking right up to me. And I thought, oh, what's he going to say? What's he going to say? And in very broken English, because he was from Italy, he said he had just moved to Canada from Italy. And he came to meet me because he had been watching me on television in Italy for years. Wow. So I said to him, when you watch me, am I dubbed or is there subtitles? Are you reading or am I talking in Italian? And he said, dubbed. Yeah. So in the Italian voice, because, you know, they hire actors to do your voice if you're dubbed in another language on a television show or movie. So I said, when the dubbing happens, does it sound like this or does it sound like this? <laughs> and he looked at me and he said, it sounds like this. No. <laughs> Oh, God. That's so funny. So I, I wanted to know like what the voice sounded like because over the years, people have sent me clips of the shows that I've been on in Lifestyle where it's in dubbed in Russian, dubbed in Italian, dubbed in French. And so it always is kind of a shock to see what kind of an actor's voice they hire to be my voice. Because sometimes it's incredibly deep and, you know, very, very manly. And it sounds like I'm six feet tall. 
And then sometimes it's a tiny little squeaky little voice like a mouse. Uh, it's, it's amazing. I mean, I haven't seen that many of them. I'm in like 24, 25 languages, but some of my books, I did a book called Design Your Next Chapter, and that was put into Farsi. That's a great book, by the way. That was a book about finding your next chapter and everything. And that came out about four years ago. About second and third acts in life. I think it's important to mention that that's not just a decorating book. Oh, God, not at all. It was about me taking the leap of packing in, you know, making television shows and starting, I do retreats um, at our place mm-hmm. in, in Tuscany. Sometimes with Tommy. It's sometimes with Tommy. Um, and, <laughs> and um, you know, it's that journey, that bridge that people have to take of, say, leaving a bank you've worked at for 20 years and jumping in and, and starting something new. And it's terrifying for most people. Yeah. It- like going to interior design school. I have so many people approach me in daily life who say, I was a lawyer, I was an accountant, I worked in a grocery store, and now I'm in design school at 45 years of age, 55 years of age, and I want to become, it's always my dream to have become a decorator. And I always say to them, you know, like I started relatively late, you know, I was in my late 20s before I even started. And it wasn't something I did right out of university. And you know, I didn't even go to university. It wasn't something I did right out of post high school gap years of waiting tables for years and years. So everybody comes at things from different places. And next chapter, designing your next chapter is a terrific book about how any of those avenues can lead to something that's meaningful in your life. Mm -hmm. This episode sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey, Tommy Smythe here. Thank God I have a few minutes to myself without my (laughs) co-host. I mean, you've been there. You've been overwhelmed before too. I think most people carry around some kind of stress. And here at the Trust Me Pod, it's, Debbie, did you put your devices on Do Not Disturb? Debbie, do you have your microphone? (laughs) And when we have a guest, I just hope to get in one little question. Listen, sometimes it's hard to keep all your feelings all bottled up because you know what happens when you do. It bubbles over, you lose your cool, and maybe you take it out on someone you love. Obviously, I love Debbie. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever it is that's weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient and flexible. Whether you're in Toronto or Tuscany, BetterHelp will fit your schedule. Get it off your chest. Visit betterhelp.com slash decorator to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash decorator. A big part of design and decoration for us, and everyone really, is putting your memories on display. When my children went away to camp, it was the first time we'd kind of not been together, and they both wrote me letters, and they were probably eight and nine years old, and they are the funniest letters, and I framed them, put them up on the wall, and I see them every day, and sometimes if I feel a bit down, I just read those letters, mostly asking me for more candy, but I think framing a letter is a wonderful thing. That is why we love the idea of Framebridge. They honestly make it so easy to get anything framed, and they're really, truly affordable. It's easy to do in person at one of their 20 Framebridge retail stores, and... It's so easy to order online at framebridge.com. You just upload a photo for them to print. Picking the frame was really easy, but also really hard because there were so many options. I went for Walnut, which is a solid Walnut frame, but I think next time I'll go for Florence and they'll mail it to you using their free, secure, prepaid packaging service. 
FrameBridge has been trusted to frame millions of our memories. Visit FrameBridge.com or a local FrameBridge store. You can custom frame just about anything. Again, that's FrameBridge.com. It's a good segue for us talking about this on our first ever podcast. What we want to bring to a listening audience, I mean, there are millions of podcasts out there. There's so many. And the reason that you and I actually discussed that maybe this would be interesting to other people or unique in some way is that we really want to bring those next chapter stories and people we know who have done this kind of thing with their own lives. So every book that you've written, every show that I've done, every magazine column that I've written, every aspect of what you and I have done over the course of very rich lives in terms of being creative people, being motivated, motivating others, hopefully will creep its way into the various episodes of this podcast so that we can further share in a new format. Yeah. And and I think it is lovely to get people engaged because people's stories yeah. are what kind of inspire us. And, you know, just going back to my book that came out in Iran, in Farsi, they're the most emotional messages I get, whether they're through Instagram or uh, emails or, or however they contact you. And it's an underground book, so they have to find it. Very hard for women yeah. in, in Iran. Absolutely impossible. And, and so these young women are finding this book. First of all, you know, I'm a different generation for them, but they're sneaking the book, if you will. And they send me such yeah. wonderful, uh, positive um, comments and, and, and hopes and inspirations, which if they can yeah. feel like that, you think, okay, I'm not going to be, you know, in a crazy mood, but I just, just want us to say one thing. So you and I have also worked together, even though we've had a very parallel yeah. career, we've, we've done yeah. several shows together, television shows. We've yeah. been guests on other shows like Marilyn and Dennis, many, 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 many times together and, um, yeah. and doing some of the segments we've done. And you might not remember this, um, oh no! What's going? We were on a show, <laughs> we were on a show one of the first times we worked together, and I was very upset when I arrived because something had happened to me. I wasn't feeling very confident, and you said to me, "Your hair is so shiny and glossy. It's lovely. <laughs> you know, wow, I love your hair. It's like." It was like a mirror because what had happened <laughs> was a few days before I'd stayed with a friend and um, I didn't have much with me. And so every morning I was staying with this friend and I was using their shampoo that was by the bath. Of course. Yeah. They had a red setter, beautiful auburn dog. Oh, a, a, an Irish setter. Yes. Yes. An Irish setter. An Irish setter. I was using the bloody shampoo. For the dog? But yes. So for four days, I used the shampoo and each day my hair started to turn into an Irish setter's dog hair. I mean, the, the Irish setter is known for gorgeous hair. Their beautiful coat. Well, I had a coat like that. I And you were the first oh person God. and I couldn't get it out. I couldn't get this shine out. That's incredible though. This is like, come to Trust Me, I'm a Decorator podcast <laughs> for beauty tips. I know. Debbie's beauty Let's tips. Let's do our beauty tips. Use dog shampoo. Probably cheap. Deeper than regular shampoo. One of the things that you can expect, I think, from us here is we want you to sort of come at us from our various channels and let us know what's happening in your lives and suggest topics or people that we could talk to. We want to be able to, as we have done throughout our careers uh, in media, really communicate directly with our audience because that's where the joy comes from. That's where the next chapters start. Yeah. You know? And make, make people feel a bit better. I think that was the wonderful thing about lockdown 
was we were all getting <laughs> fatter, pimplier, you know, duller <laughs> by the minute. And Speak for yourself. I was gorgeous. So when we started the Instagrams, it was a new thing for everybody. And what you do is put your phone on a stand and then you yep. have to position it, right? So that when Tommy asked to be invited, I have to press that button, of which I would miss. And Tommy is a very every time. Every time Tommy's a very pleasant, placid, sweet person. <laughs> you have never seen the rage if by the time he got on because it went so fast and I I couldn't <laughs> I've got my glasses on now. I couldn't kind of reach yeah. it. So the first time, <laughs> first or second time we did it, Tommy's underneath and I'm on top. But there's also a thing at the bottom that turns the camera around the other way, right? Uh-huh. You know that. Everybody knows that. Well, I did not know that. But I was also a little bit further away than I am now from the mic. And um, I couldn't see it. We have a very small house in London. So Hans was lying, dozing, not terribly attractive in a in a pair of boxer shorts and that's under- I think he's very attractive in boxer not shorts that day, but that's just not me. that day and <laughs> and a beer and he dozed off on the sofa so we were about halfway through this and my front door starts to bang and you're trying to ignore it but he was banging and banging so I said live and we've like a few thousand people listening I said um <laughs> Tommy I'm gonna have to answer the door I'm really sorry because you know the the Amazon guys were coming every five minutes anyway of there was course, a neighbor yeah. there was a neighbor who I knew and she was watching and she's uh-huh. red-faced on the doorstep and she says Debbie your camera is the wrong way round I'm really sorry to disturb you but all we can see is hands scratching <laughs> um, his things. Um, and I was like, oh, my God. So for like 20 minutes, I've been rabbiting on with you about all kinds of things. And all they, they could see was you and above was Hans's crotch. <laughs> I didn't say anything because I was enjoying the view. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, you, and also with all the le- words coming up and all that, and, the, and you're kind of in the moment, you don't really see like when you're, when you're filming a television show, you're not looking at footage. You're not looking at like you're just doing kind of your thing. No. So, so hopefully this, this podcast will be very professional and um, lots of It will be ideas. as professional as anything we've ever done, which is yeah. to say that it will be quite free form. I think, I, I think so. And quite natural and hopefully very authentic. Yeah. And we have some very, very interesting people lined up. We do. From all walks yep, of life who, again... We hope will inspire people to uh, get ideas for their own next chapters or just lovely to listen to. And to find joy. I mean, I think it says something about the person who is Debbie Travis, that during the most difficult years of most of our, you know, general culture worldwide with this pandemic that happened and all of the loss that was associated with it and the difficulties that were associated with it, you wrote a book called Joy. I did. I did. (laughs) I mean... That is, to me, so inspiring in order to, for, for you to be able to access what is necessary to focus on joy at a time that was so difficult, I think is really my favorite thing about you. And it's my favorite thing about our friendship is that you and I have identified in each other that, you know, the positive things in life, the joyful things in life are to be celebrated and focused on, but also the hard things can in their own way be, you know, 
really funny or, oh, the little or, things. or really worth sharing little things that are really worth sharing. And, and uh, we're both compulsive sharers. Yeah. Well, Joy was a book that came out of the retreats. So the retreats, I decided, you know, I had a dream and my dream was to, I never had a country house. I never had a cottage. I never had any of those things, but I loved Italy and we all loved Italy and the family. And we decided we would buy a house here. And um, when I was looking for properties, I mean, and that is a whole other show, um, because that was a book in itself. Looking, it actually became a show. It became. <laughs> I did actually. We made a documentary <laughs> about it. But oh Let my god, it was Debbie. hilarious. Yeah. Um, but um, so, but I met a lot of people who were older than me who were selling up, who'd come here twenty years ago, and they all said, you know, it's 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 an amazing process to to do the renovation, live you know, under the Tuscan sun type thing and um, like yeah. movie and everything. But then what, you know, and, and I thought, God, I'm going to be drinking gin and tonic for breakfast, you know, getting through the day because, <laughs> you know, unless you're going off to Rome and looking at museums and stuff, at the same time, I felt fantastic. When I was here, I felt alive. You felt well. I felt well. Mm. I mean, I felt physically well, mm. mentally well and full of joy. So I thought, well, why don't I invite other people here? What if? And that's the big thing in everybody's life. What if? What if? So I yeah. put it out there. And before I knew it, 18 women were tumbling down my driveway. And we've done that now for a long time. And uh, we create yeah. re retreats here. And Tommy... It will Which is so you. generous because you worked so hard to have the villa and to yeah. create and build what you've built there, which is, I, I can say first from firsthand experience, magnificently beautiful in the most earthy and grounding and wellness inducing way possible. Yeah. There's nothing pretentious or ostentatious about it. It is incredibly grounding and, and gorgeous. Mm. I'm passionate about it. I, I am just, I love everything about it, but um, a lot of people, you know, it's a big trip for them. Not everybody has the time or the money to come yes. here. So I wrote Joy, which is Life Lessons from a Tuscan Villa. And when I divided up, I really sat there and thought, well, what is it? What is it that makes me feel like this? It's not just a holiday. We all feel like that yes. on holiday, but I could be here in the pouring rain, in the mud, in the renovation, 80 builders, whatever. I still have to pinch myself all the time and go, what is it? And it's the day-to-day -day little things, you know, um, like I talk in the book about uh, an old man, really old man, standing on the side of this old dirt road. And we, we stopped to ask him the way to somewhere and he got in the car. You know, anywhere else, anywhere else, avanti, <laughs> yeah. avanti, you know. Don't do that in New York City. Exactly. And, you know, yes, anywhere else, you know, I would call the police. But this was the, the joy, the heartbeat um, of life. The book is divided up into community, food. Everything is in season. Yeah. The Italians don't import much food, very, very little. So they, they eat what is growing now, which can have a pain. I can't find mushrooms till October, you know, I mean, I buy frozen yeah. ones and stuff, but, but it tastes better. So when people come on holiday here, they go, oh my God, why does a tomato taste like a tomato? You know, it doesn't taste like this from a supermarket. And it's because it was picked five minutes ago. And then it's also about how they drink alcohol, how, how they move. And when you read the book and when you, and when you absorb the information in the book, you really do, you don't have to move to Tuscany no, to experience no. these things. And that's the whole premise of the book yeah. is that you learned those lessons by becoming a resident of a region that celebrated these values. Yeah. 
But anyone in their life can achieve similar results in terms of wellness and joy by making the same types of choices in their own region. Absolutely. And I think when we have your great friend uh, and nutrition expert, Jackie Brown, on the show, I think it would be really amazing to do a little bit of a deep dive into those elements because yeah. she really was a big contributor to the book. Yes, um, big, big. Because, because there was a lot of science behind you know, <laughs> that bulb of fennel or that, you know, the, yeah. so, and, and I don't have the credentials. She does. So I said to her, if you explain it to me and I understand, then I know everybody yeah. will understand. Um, and, so, and she's the most amazing person. Like, I can't wait for our listeners yeah, to uh, meet her. on this podcast to meet Jackie, because when Patrick and I went to the villa, traveled to the villa for the first time, and you and I co-hosted our first retreat Jackie, we fell in love with Jackie, mm. head over heels in love with this woman. Mm. I mean, you just, she's one of those people who's like a, she's like a planet. You just want to orbit around her. Mm. You want to reach out to her, to touch her, to listen to her voice. Mm. I mean, there's so many it, compelling things. Yeah. And, and everybody is, is interesting because now we do wellness retreats. And of course, Mm-hmm. There's alcohol because, as Jane Fonda says, alcohol has its own rules. But um, so you're not coming here to fast; it would be a bit, bit difficult. But but you know, when we began these, it was because when Jackie did a workshop or something, does anybody have any questions? Deathly mm-hmm. quiet. Nobody would say a thing. The minute yes, one that. brave soul said, "Okay, I don't quite understand about magnesium. Oh my God, floodgates! I couldn't get them into dinner because the thing is that." If you are using a nutritionist or reading stuff in the paper and you're 21, Mm -hmm. it's a different thing than if you're 51 or 61 or 41 or whatever. Um, And so also she makes sense because we've been, I mean, I've been on every diet that's ever been on the planet. I've read, read everything in the Daily Mail. But what Jackie will say, I'll say, well, mushrooms are in or eggs are back in or whatever. She says, well, let's see who wrote the article. So, oh, yeah. the eggs were written by the egg board. Well, of course they were, you know. So she kind of makes sense without being preachy about no. optimum health, not losing weight, not yeah. whatever, but about living so you have the energy to tackle every day. And one of the reasons Joy came after the book Design Your Next Chapter was I went on tour because Design Your Next Chapter came out just before the pandemic. And I was lucky enough to do a book tour. Uh-huh. And I realized as I talked to people, I mean, people would turn up at the book tour with the book, with a thousand post-it notes in it. They took it. That's it was amazing. It was amazing and, and, and really was overwhelming. Um, but then there's always people who say, well, aren't you lucky because I'm not very well. And when mm. you start thinking about it, if you're physically not in good shape or mentally uh-huh. or mentally not in good shape, you can't pack in the, the day-to-day job and open your own cafe. You, you can't do any of that because you don't have the energy. You don't have the enthusiasm. Sure. And so I, I thought, well, okay, so how do we take what these villages that have not changed very much for centuries 
Um, yes. And what these old people who have more fitness level than I do. Um, yeah. What can we, what learn, can from we learn from them? And it is very simple. Mm. It is a very simple life. And it's not just Tuscany. It's wherever we live, whoever's listening now, whether you're in England or, or in Canada or in America, these small towns had that until recently. Yes, and, they had local shops could, where you could buy one egg and you could buy the dinner mm. for the evening. or you could. And then, of course, a lot of that was wiped out by the big box stores. Um, and I remember something, somebody once saying to me in Costco, I wish I could just buy one egg. And I thought, how ridiculous. You know, I had a big family and I was buying them by the ton. And, and realizing that that's a challenge if you're on your own to buy food for one person. Oh, cooking for one person. Like when I've been single in my life, you know, cooking really healthy food for one person is not at all impossible, but it isn't as easy no, it's not. as and these sort of bulk things. Yeah, because everything's in bulk today. But anyway, so that was kind mm. of how Joy, you know, came out. And then of course the retreats have, are, have, are exploded. So um, I then said to Tommy one day, thinking he would say, you know, let me think about it. You know, I'll get back to you in a month. And he was like, all right. <laughs> I said, what are you doing? I mean, who says no to, <laughs> I said, you, you want know, to come to Tuscany? 10 days in Tuscany? Yeah. And, and you were like, yep, I'm, I'm there. So we did the first one last year and we'll be doing another one this year. And um, it's great fun. And, and next year again. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and yeah. people come to see you. They come to see me. They come to just absorb the lifestyle. So as I think what people also need to know though, is like the effort that you go to, to make this experience special for the people who come is the thing that I think is so special about you and about Jackie and Mariana and Hans and everyone who works at the villa to create these. It's not just an environment, it's an experience mm. and it's a combination of the learning that you take away, the laughter that feeds your soul and fills your body with joy, and then the incredible beauty of your surroundings and the community that you're around. Because when you're at the villa, you're not just at the villa. Mind you, if you never left the villa, it would be incredible mm. because there's a gorgeous pool and beautiful gardens and olive trees everywhere and a gorgeous pond. But if you leave the property, you learn so much more. Mm. So the excursions that you take these women on the retreats uh, for are so enriching and so educational, but without it being feeling like a classroom. Mm. The classroom is the world around the villa and the people who live in the region who are all so welcoming and wonderful. Like, I really can't say enough about how good it is. This is like an well, advert. I think, now, yeah, but. it is like an advert. Thank you, Tommy. Um, but it, I, I would say it's an enhancement. It, you know, it's an elevation to your life. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. we give everybody a diary and people walk around. I never thought they would use it, use them, but they do. And they take notes because oh, yes. they're living that, you know, dolce faniente, which means um, the sweetness of doing nothing. And it mm -hmm. doesn't mean... Um, meditation. It doesn't mean um, being lazy. You know, a lot of people mm -hmm. say, well, maybe Italians are lazy. It's not. It's taking that time, the dolce vaniente, uh, which means literally the sweetness. The su it's a, such a beautiful word saying the sweetness of doing nothing. It's that summer yeah. thing of lying on a hammock, losing the guilt, mm. you know, a nice jug of 
water or wine um, under the hammer, you know, a good book, an easy reading book. And it's just just lying there. I think you've given me a nice segue in terms of our extra for this particular first podcast of ours, because La Dolce Farniente, The Sweetness of Doing Nothing, is so apropos of a podcast that really isn't about anything in particular. <laughs> it's really the- about nothing, but it's about the sweetness of nothing. It's all those little nothings that make up our daily lives yeah. that hopefully you know, coalesce together to become lessons that we can all incorporate, conversations that we can derive entertainment and joy from, you know, all kinds of sharing in this space, this new space for us. This is our first podcast. Come on. And we'll be doing some together. So we'll do some from Italy. We'll do some when I'm back in Toronto. And then a lot of the time we'll do it from our different places. Um, So, yes. So we hope everybody will uh, jump in and treat us like your family. Um, Send us your problems. Tommy and I will answer them like complete idiots. As you can see, we have... Because you can trust us. Yeah, both of us have the attention span of a gnat. So you will have to kind (laughs) of um, bounce along with us. Um, Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, so we hope... They'll probably ditch this one. The pilot episode of anything that's good and that's ever going to be good always gets included in this Does series. It? Oh God. Well, I just want to say we, we have a wonderful following between us through whether social media or these lives and, and people yeah. um, have been so incredibly kind to, um, to say, this is my moment. I have my cup of tea in the morning. I listen to you. And, um, you know, it really makes you, because when you're on television, you don't really get the response for years after. I never realized really for 15 years what mark I had made on people's lives with a sponge. Man, you, there are other people who email me saying, you painted my house 15 years ago. Can you come and redo it? I need to get that sponge paint off. Um, no. Imagine. Um, can you imagine? Um, so, so, but you, you it, through this, we get an Im, Im, you know immediate response of of um, being loved, uh, which which really means so much. I think just to me, anyway. Well, on that note, we both want to say thank you so much for listening to our first ever podcast. What we did it! Now you can find us at the Trust Me Pod at gmail.com. That's our email address, thetrustmepod at gmail.com or on Instagram at thetrustmepod. Please join us as often as possible. We're going to be posting these regularly. We're so excited to be on this format for the first time ever. So thank you again for listening. Any additional information, of course, is in the notes. Please look there for all of that. And we'll talk to you next time. I'm Sarah Burke, and I host the Women in Media podcast, where I'm exploring the challenges women face in the media spotlight and celebrating our triumphs. My guests come from radio, TV, news, and sports, and we'll cover topics like leadership, diversity, stereotypes, and more. Most of all, I'm looking to build a community through a space where we can discuss anything. The Women in Media podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at womeninmedia.ca. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.